Welcome to the Leaders Edge podcast. I'm Sandy Laycox, Editor-in-Chief of Leaders Edge. In this edition of our Personal Lines podcast series, Associate Editor Chris Han interviews Andrew Neary, CEO of Marsh McLennan Agency's East Region. Neary talks about growing up in a large family and playing all the sports, who his leadership mentor is, and how he learned about the importance of being prepared. I hope you enjoy it. We are here today with Andrew Neary, the CEO of MMA, uh, Marsh McClellan Agency. He is based near Philadelphia. Andrew, thank you for, for joining us today. Thank you, Chris. Um, you just mentioned that you grew up near Pittsburgh, big Steelers fan, big Pirates fan, your all-time favorite Steeler and your all-time favorite Pirate. Well, it wasn't really pirate. It was um, it was penguins. I'm truth be told, since we've moved to um, Philadelphia, I'm more of a Phillies fan. So okay. we have a we have a sort of um, you know a split sort of split family between Pittsburgh and, and Philadelphia in terms of sports teams. But I would say, um, gee, Steelers. I'm going to take you back, Chris. Um, so I'm 52 years old born in 1970. So the 70s Steeler teams were sort of near and dear to, to our heart. Um, I don't know if I can name one. I mean, you got Rocky Blyer, Jack Ham, uh, Lynn Swan, right? Of course, um, uh, of course, Terry Bradshaw. I mean, there's so many, so such, such a team. Mean Joe Green, right? Such a, such a great team. And then I'd say, uh, when I think about the Penguins, it's got to be Mario Lemieux, right? You can't, you can't not say Mario. So yeah, Philadelphia Phillies, that's another, uh, you know, that's where the team, that's where the family kind of gets in arguments, right? <laughs> certain people still love the Pirates and then certain, certain uh, family members will go nameless have defected to the, uh, to the Phillies. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, that's, that's not, not a bad problem to have. Um, yeah. You took over as CEO. Well, by the time this comes out, it'll be just about a year. What's been the biggest surprise about this new position for you? Well, so I took over as CEO, actually got the announcement in the middle of COVID um, that I would be, I would be uh, taking the CEO position as MMA East, Chris, that's important. So we have multiple different regions within MMA. I'm not the MMA CEO, that is Dave Eswick. Um, I'm a regional CEO, which we internally refer to as the MMA East region. Okay. Uh, but nonetheless, I took over in 1-1, so I think it was 1-1-20, 1-1-21. Uh, so this will be going into my, you know, shortly over two years. Um, and yeah, biggest surprise, um, I'd have to, I'd have to say, um, I'd have to say probably managing um, not just the day-to-day, -day, not just the sort of the strategy and the business operations, but the amount of, of um, the amount of uh, collaboration, the amount of the amount of um, interaction with with the teams, right? Being accessible, being open. Um, when I took on the position, one of the main things I wanted to focus on was being open, being accessible, uh, communicating, overly communicating, being visible uh, with the teams that we had. So it was a lot of um, uh, a lot of meetings in a good way, a lot of opportunities to have an open door policy, 
to create town halls, which we didn't do previously. Uh, we have CEO breakfasts to meet with to meet with the teams. Much more communication. You know, Lauren is on is listening, but working more with marketing to make sure that we're always visible and always in front of the teams, making sure they know the direction, the strategy of our region specifically. Let me ask you about the whole idea of communication. It sounds like that was a real uh, emphasis for you when you took over, and I want to ask why. Um, uh, I guess there's some obvious reasons in any organization of any size in terms of the importance of communication, but but I'd, I'd be interested to hear your perspective on that. Yeah, I think, Chris, it was much more around <clears throat> just as coming into an, an, into a leadership position, a new leadership position. Um, I wanted to make sure that the the individuals um, that reported to me, my teams in some way, shape or form, that they felt comfortable um, with my strategy, with my direction, that they felt comfortable that, you know, there wasn't going to be, uh, in essence, demonstrable change. Right. Anytime there's a change with a leader, as you know, uh, there might be angst within the teams of, okay, what does this mean? What does this mean for the organization? What does this mean for me personally? So I wanted to make sure that I was visible, opening overly, if you will, communicated out of the gates to ensure that we kind of, people understood that, that we were well positioned, we were in a growth, you know, growth um, mode and that we were gonna come together even more as an organization. We were gonna continue and build upon the culture and the legacy that we had with, you know, the prior owners, the prior, um, principles and I was going to build upon that as opposed to sort of looking to demonstrably demonstrably changed like the course of of our region. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You mentioned you grew up near Pittsburgh. Um, please remind me of the town and, and tell me what it was like growing up in that town. So grew up in a couple towns, actually, Chris. So I was born in a, a town called Penn Hills, uh, Pennsylvania. Um, and then we moved to uh, even further out in the suburbs uh, to a, a town called Holiday Park, right? Uh, you know, great, great, great town, uh, blue collar, you know, um, uh, town, uh, love to be, you know, back in the day before technology, of course, just, you know, running around with friends and, and family. I'm one of six, Chris. So wow. I have uh, I have three sisters and two brothers. Right. We were often referred to as the Brady Bunch, right? Because we were, you know, it was a big TV series, as you know, back in the day, and and we kind of emulated what the Brady Bunch looked like. So uh, yeah, just fond fondest memories um, uh, of just of just having family and friends always around, and um, and you know, really taking advantage of of being outside as opposed to as opposed to you know being inundated with uh, with technology like a lot of the kids are today. Yeah, yeah. And what what occupied your time? Were you a, a hunter or a fisherman or a, a, a athlete or? or... Uh, much more on the athlete side. So okay. I, I didn't. Uh, you know, my one brother took up hunting and fishing. I was I wasn't really, you know, akin to that. But you name the sport: so baseball, football, uh, basketball, swimming, you know, karate. Yeah, whenever, whenever there was a ball or a racket or something around, around that's what that's what uh, yeah, that's what I gravitated towards. And and did you have a, a favorite, or did you did you achieve highest at one or the one or another? 
Uh, you know, I, I'd say I did well at, 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 at most sports. Um, I don't know if I was, you know, the top of the, the top of the food chain, but, but I loved all the support, all the sports. I loved to compete. Right. I loved, uh, I loved the team approach, right. And the team that aspect, uh, to sports. So yeah, I just, you know, not like today where you, your, your kids kind of pick one or, or two sports to, to focus on back then when we grew up, it was, Whenever the season, if it was football season, you play football, basketball, if you, you know, um, if it was track and field, right, coming into the summer, you ran track and field. So soccer, right, swimming, whatever the sport time timeline of the year was, then, then you participated, right? All right. Uh, is there a leader in the business world who you most admire in or out of the insurance industry? I mean, I'd have to go back to to Dave Oberkirk or Chris. I don't know if you've ever had an opportunity to meet Dave, but so Dave was one of the founding partners of Tryon. He um, <clears throat> he founded it back in 1999. He was one of four uh, four partners, what we call four principals. Um, but he was really the 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 managing director, the really the um, uh, the primary partner, I would call him of of Tryon. Um, and yeah, unfortunately, he passed in the past couple of years ago, passed in 2016. But, you know, for since 2000 and since 2010, when I started a try on, right, I had an opportunity to work with him for, geez, 10 plus years, probably going on almost 14 years and just was such a great, um, you know, such a great, phenomenal um, industry leader, um, leader in general, um, um, really, really huge family guy. And for me personally, a, a great coach and a great mentor for so many years. So, um, you know, he's, he's, he's one of the main reasons why I'm, I'm here. I, I, I hope to carry on his legacy and I've stepped into this new position, right. And this was the position that he held for base for, for 15 years prior, prior to my tenure. So, um, couldn't be more blessed with the opportunity to know him and have him work with me for such a for such a long time, right? I hope, like, again, to carry on his legacy and to continue to hopefully, you know, um, sort of portray a lot of the leadership and a lot of the quality, a lot of the traits that he had. Uh -huh. What was one lesson that you would say you learned from Dave that you employ now in, in, in your role? Um, Dave, I think, you know, one of the, one of the main things Dave's uh, did very well was to make sure that he was prepared, sometimes overly prepared uh, for meetings, for sales meetings, for strategy meetings, for client meetings. So one of the things that he instilled in me early on, Chris, was, you know, you know, make sure you know the business, make sure that you're a subject matter expert, make sure that before you enter a room with an employer, client, with a, you know, with a prospect that you are prepared, um, you know, prepared in, in, prepared for the discussion, prepared for the meeting, prepared for any, anticipate any of the questions that, that the, uh, that the employer client prospect, right, might ask of you. So I kind of instilled in me and a lot of the, the work that I've done with my teams has been, um, has been sort of taking that same approach um, to also, you know, coach them, mentor them and make sure that, you know, we have a lot of those sort of internal meetings before we, before we have the main, you know, sort of the main event. Mm -hmm. it's, been, it's been instrumental in, 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 in sort of, um, in sort of, you know, consulting and making sure, uh, as I move forward that, 
you know, not that I know everything, but but that I that I put the time in um, and and put put our best and put my best in. Yeah. What is something your coworkers would be surprised to learn about you? Chris, I always get this question. I don't. I don't. Uh, I, I'm, I'm kind of an open book. I'm not being a rich player. I mean, I wear a lot of my emotions sometimes on my sleeve. I, I talk just in general about my background and my past. So I'm not sure there's any one thing that they would be surprised that uh, uh, to learn about me. I'd have to get back to you on that one. Maybe I'll give that one some thought. How would your coworkers describe your management style? Uh, good one. I would I would probably say, as we've discussed, open, right? Open, um, collaborative, uh, much more of a team approach, right? Is is hopefully they would the way they would describe me. That's at least what I try to convey. That's what I try to that's what I try to distill. I want to be visible, accessible, open, collaborative, and I definitely want that that team environment and that team approach. If you could change one thing about the insurance industry, what would it be? I would probably say the complexity. I mean, just so many rules, laws, regulations that have been coming, especially during COVID, coming out of COVID. I just, we always feel for our clients, they're doing so much more with less, less staff, less support. And it often feels like they're just trying to keep up with keep up with the complexity, keep up with the laws and the regulations, the basic blocking and tackling that needs to be done versus truly looking forward and strategizing about the next two, three, four years. Right. Mm -hmm. Andrew, I'm going to let you get back to work. Thank you, Chris. That was Andrew Neary, CEO of Marsh McLennan Agency's East Region. For more personal lines podcasts, visit leadersedge.com or find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Mm-hmm.